Welcome to the Agents of Innovation podcast, where we feature conversations with entrepreneurs, philanthropists, and artists. Okay, well, we are at the Caranto Cigar Lounge in Zone 4 in Guatemala City, and I'm here with the owner, Alex Buitron. Yeah. Did I say that right, Alex? Yeah, very good. All right, good. I know it's uh, difficult. <laughs> so, Alex, uh, so first of all, um, we're here, and we're going to go ahead. Um, Caranto Cigar uh, Club here in Guatemala City, This is we're at the original location in Zone 4. And you just opened a new location in Zone 10? Actually, our original location was in Zone 10. That was our first Curanto in a project that the name was uh, 1001. In, in Spanish, era Mil Una Noches, 1001 Nights. Ah. But we, we decided to close because I think the project that, w- that was 1001 Nights it wasn't the place to be for, for Curanto, so we closed over there, and then we opened here. That's great. Well, yeah. um, Alex, as you know, I have been living in Guatemala City for most of 2021, and I was in this city for, I don't know, about 10 days. And, you know, I'm a big cigar aficionado, uh, as many people that know me know. And um, I got down here to Guatemala City, and I'll tell you, the first week or so, I was a little disappointed. I started searching for cigar lounges. I found a couple cigar stores that sold cigars that I thought were a little overpriced. Most of them were Cuban. Won't name any names. Uh, but that seems to be the issue when I go places that, that are just like all Cuban cigars. Because in the United States, you can't really get Cuban cigars um, to buy. So, uh, But then, um, it's a long story, but I, uh, I decided I was going to take a walk uh, one day, uh, I was living in Zone 10, actually closer to where your current lounge is. It wasn't open then, um, and I took a walk up here. I met I met a um, uh, a little bit older man who who was walking down the street with me. Some people will remember my story of Hector uh, that I met. Um, but then, but actually, uh, because I knew I was going to be walking in Nick's direction, which was a, quite a walk. It was like a 45 minute walk yeah. from where I was. I wanted to visit the Yorita Church. I saw that on Instagram. I ah, saw oh, that's okay. kind of a cool thing. I, I just, you know, when you get to a new city uh, and you have time because you're going to be living here for a while, mm-hmm. you're just looking at exploring places. But I, I looked at the map and said, oh, there's a, there's a cigar lounge, uh, kind of not that far from there. Maybe I'll end up there and see if this one doesn't disappoint me because I went to a couple that were kind of, you know, disappointing. And and I say disappointing in that the the selection wasn't very great. The clientele there wasn't really smoking cigars. They were there for beer and other things. Um, and so anyway, but I walked in here and I met your then bartender Pablo. Yeah. And I sat here actually probably about where you're sitting on a Saturday afternoon. It was only a couple people were in here. And um, I had about a two or three hour conversation with Pablo and it's fantastic. And I think the next time I was in here, I met you about 10 days later. Um, so I really liked it. But then I learned that you all here at Caranto have your own cigar brand. And we're going to get into this a little bit later. But can you tell us, I've got the... Uh, Sensontle. Sensontle, which yeah. is, says Habana Negra. Yeah. Uh, the Sensontle, it's a bird from... Well, it's in another, in another countries, but here in Guatemala, it's very... It's a bird? It's a bird, yeah. yeah. All, all the brands that go up uh, above the Curanto are, are birds, all the brands. Like that ah. one is in Sontle. It's that bird, the, the interesting thing about that name in that cigar is that that, that bird makes 400 different sounds. Wow. 
So we decided. So is this is this bird native to Guatemala? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we have another one, uh, like the other cigar that you have over there. Yes, this one here. Yeah, that cigar. The name is Ocotero. It's another bird from Guatemala, and that cigar. The special thing is that we aged in coffee in coffee beans. Oh wow! So it's it's like an infusion cigar, but it's not sweet. So when you smoke it, you feel all the 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 flavors of the coffee. And tell me about the one that you and have there. This one, it's, a, it's a big one. Yeah, this is a Churchill. This is a seven-inch cigar. The name of this cigar is Buco Barbon. It's another bird from here, from Guatemala. And it's a, it's a Churchill, but at the same time, it's a very mild cigar. So it's very pleasant to smoke it. So for those that don't know, Churchill is a type of size of cigar, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's a shape, a size. Um, that, so that is a Robusto. Robusto. Well, uh, Alex, let's go ahead and light our cigar since we're here in the cigar lounge. This is actually now the fourth, the, the fourth interview that I've done in a cigar lounge. I should mention that the very first one was with my friend John Morris. Uh, John actually, gosh, it's been about nine years ago now that he was uh, actually in a horrific car accident and became paralyzed and was in a wheelchair. So about four or five years ago, he and I, he was in Orlando and he likes to smoke cigars, and we. I said, John, I want to. I want to l- learn your story. He actually started a company called Wheelchair Travel. Believe it or not, this guy was a big traveler. I knew him then before his accident, and he was a big traveler. And after his accident, he, you know, he got he had to amputate his legs and actually one wow. of his one of his hands. So he's a triple amputee, and I think it was it was so amazing that he survived the accident. But it, the sad part was, was I was thinking, like probably many others, mm-hmm. oh, he's probably not going to be able to travel again, or at least mm-hmm. not as much as he did. Well. John today, as we're sitting here, is actually in Germany. Uh, he has actually traveled in his wheelchair to over, I think he's in something like 45 countries in his wheelchair. So, um, I might be getting that figure on, but it's up there in the 40s, just in his wheelchair. So, it's, so that's in the last like six years. Uh, I've actually feel like I'm a well-traveled person and I've been to 24 countries now <laughs> and, and, uh, 24 is a lot. And, mm-hmm. and, and John has been to like 40 something in his wheelchair. So uh, that was back about four years ago in the Corona cigar lounge in, uh, Orlando. Mm, I know and we just did it. We just showed up there and just did it in, I know that place. Yeah. You've been there, right? Yeah. Uh, we just, we just did it nice. on like a random Wednesday night and I just said, let's just go for it. I had a little small recorder. Mm-hmm. Then I've interviewed uh, now Congressman Madison Cawthorn. Uh, at the cigar lounge that he's a member of in Hendersonville, North Carolina. And the owner of that cigar lounge, which is called Casablanca Cigars, I interviewed the owner of that, Sam Soheil. So that was at least three cigar interviews. Oh, I'm forgetting one. Uh, actually, the fourth one was in Orlando at the cigar lounge that I've been a member of the last few years, Admiral Cigar Club. And that was with a guy named Miguel Crespo. His family's from Cuba originally, but he was born in New Jersey. Um, so that's four. So actually, Alex, this is now my fifth uh, interview in a cigar lounge that I can remember. And, and first uh, in Latin America. And first in Latin America, <laughs> first in Guatemala. Um, and this has been great. But, you know, one thing I always uh, love about cigar lounges is you meet so many great people. And, you know, I feel like maybe one day I'm going to write a book that says it all started in a cigar lounge. <laughs> because yeah, be I feel like nice. so many relationships I've made here in Guatemala started right here. Either people I met here or people that I met here who introduced me to other people uh-huh. later. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, but you really do meet. It's a the cigar culture is uh, is really interesting, and in, in the kind of you know you've got to have, uh, you know, at least a forty five minute hour long conversation once you sit down and smoke a cigar, maybe longer, 
Um, shoot, I had the big uh, uh, Oscar, which was about a oh, seven yeah. and a half hour <laughs> smoke. That was a that was a giant. It was a um, 20, 21 inches cigar. Yeah, but Alex, tell me. So your last name is not easy pr- to pronounce, but I did it at the top, right? Alex Buitron. Um, and uh, you are the owner and founder of Caranto Cigar Club here in Guatemala City, uh, where we're at. But tell me a little bit. You were telling me about your last name, Buitron, and how close it resembles the Spanish name for a vulture. Tell me about okay. that. Okay. <laughs> vulture in Spanish is buitre, right? And, and in, in the school, when I was young, back, back in the 80s, uh, uh, my friends start calling me buitre bec- because they, they they found easy to 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 say my name that nickname I- instead of my last name. So they started to call me buitre. And I did. so on the on the playground in in America, that would be the equivalent of of, of a kid being called vulture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you're the vulture on the playground. Yeah, man. Yeah, but it was because of my last name, not for uh, anything else. Um, when when we th- when we start thinking about Curanto and all the brand and what we are going to do with the brand and everything, we start thinking about things that are that grows with me th- since I was I was young. So so I t- I told the the this this guy that did the brand that all the story about the vulture. And that's why we put a vulture in the brand that is over here. So right there on your shirt, that, right there on your shirt is a vulture. Yeah, it's a vulture. Yes, yeah. this, this is a vulture, and all the brands around the vulture are birds, and that's why are birds because of the vulture, and that's why the Sensontle, the Ocotero, and everything. So it's funny because I've been coming here for quite a while now, at least six or seven months, and uh, I've you, actually smoked these, but I never get it. I never, <laughs> I, I never it. got <laughs> the the names of the birds. I guess my Spanish. I haven't been practicing it enough here in uh, in Caranto. Um, so many English speakers that come in here. No, uh, but the uh, no, but it's it's great. Um, actually, I was at the La Aurora Zoo uh-huh. uh, a few months ago, and I, I just put together a little YouTube video talking about uh, how uh, for for English speakers like myself, native English speakers, uh, uh, it's a fun way to learn Spanish by going to the zoo and learning what all the animals are called. Uh, <laughs> Like a bear is also, right? Yeah. So anyway, uh, I'll stop right there. Uh, but Alex, um, you um, obviously are the uh, owner uh, and founder of, of Caranto Cigar Club. You were born and raised here in Guatemala, in Guatemala City? Yeah, Guatemala City. Uh, you've yeah. got three brothers? Yeah, I have three brothers. I, I'm the second one. My sister is the older one. Then me, then another brother. His name is Juan. And my youngest brother is Andy. I'm I'm. So you have one sister and three brothers. Yeah, man. Okay. And my youngest brother, I am 15 years older than him. So. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm seven and a half years older than my youngest. Uh, Okay. So almost that's close. But you know, we only have three. The problem is that they think they they are older than us. (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah, believe me, we won't get started. Uh, Well, Alex, I also understand uh, you're a former triathlon athlete. Yes. You've done Ironmans. Yes. Uh, Where have you done the Ironmans? In Switzerland. In Germany and in the States, in Arizona. In Arizona? That's yeah. A, I hope that wasn't in the summer. No, it was actually <laughs> was in November. Oh, okay. Still a little warm, uh, not at nice. Fir- at first, it was very cold. Then in the in 12 or 1 in the afternoon, it was very, very hot. And at 4, 4, 4 something, it was very cold again. 
I, I forget that Iron Man's take that long to yeah, do. Man. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, wait, you weren't done? Um, you're also a husband and a father of two. Uh, you yeah. have your daughter, Bella, who's 10, and your son, Alex, who's six. Yeah, he's six. Um, and so uh, I also understand that you, well, you're a, you've, you've been a lawyer. Yeah. Um, and at one point, you were Guatemala's ambassador to the Dominican Republic. Yes, that's right. But we're going to get started a little earlier in your story because I want to hear a little more about your journey. Um, tell us what was it like growing up in Guatemala? Uh, I guess that was mostly in the eighties and so. Yeah. Um, at first, be, be, before the, we signed the peace with, with the guerrillas in 1996, it was obligatory to, to join the army here in Guatemala, in Guatemala. Um, but because in this we live in the, we, we I born in the city and live there all my all my life here for us was difficult to see the pro, to solve the problems that was in the interior of the country um, it's not secret that we every time we tried to go to the beach or outside the city we saw all the armies marching all the army marching uh, to to go go to when, when you went to the to the beach or wherever you want to go to vacation so just to clarify um because the war never really came to guatemala city in terms of military ventures it was there was maybe some bombings and assassinations yeah, and yeah things that's, like right, that. that's right. right sorry about my english but i'm trying no, your english is great i just want <laughs> the audience to understand that uh here in guatemala city which is the capital where Today, about three and a half, four million people live in the, the metropolitan area. Yeah. I don't, it probably was lower then. Uh, but really, when we think of a civil war happening in a country, and mm-hmm. Guatemala was in a state of civil war between about the 1960s and 1990s. Yeah, so that's right. That was all of your growing years. up. You know, you, you were in the, in the late 70s or, and the, throughout the 80s. That was yeah. your growing up age. Um, but but you, it wasn't like you saw fighting in the streets yeah. of Guatemala City. N- that never didn't, saw it. didn't happen. It was mostly out in the countryside. Yeah. Uh, the violence that might have happened here was isolated incidents, maybe a maybe a car bomb or mm-hmm. an assassination yeah, or something like that's that. That's right. But that's you're right. going out to the beach a couple hours away. That's where you might see military soldiers and guerrillas and things like that. I I, I never saw them with the guerrillas. What 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 we always saw was the army march. Uh, even if you go to the beach or going back, always saw, saw the, the 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 army. In the pelotons, or I don't know, yeah, marching both ways, to I think was to taking care of of the city guys, or to the people, or the country people, everything. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what was now as you were growing up? What was the first job that you had? Maybe as a kid or something. My mother used to have a ceramic uh, school. I don't know if uh, if you know about ceramic. The ceramic, yeah. 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 She she had a, a ceramic school in Zone 11, and when we were young and on vacations, we were forced to to work at the uh, to to put in order the 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 bottles with the paints or the pencils or taking out the ceramic out of the of the of the ovens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was my my our works every vacation to work with her <laughs> okay with my brothers and my cousins how old were you about when you did that about 10 years old so what were the what were some of the le- lessons you learned from that time 
difficult question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, you know, my mother just, well, passed away about 11 years ago. And every time I remember or people ask me about that, what I first remember is about her uh, giving us that opportunity to experience the smell and everything that you have when you work mm. to, to earn your own money. It was a little money that she was paying us, but it was money at that time to buy uh, gum or, every, or anything else. But at that time, we think, I think that the first thing that I learned is if you want something, you need to work or you have to give something back. So, and that when you work for something, you it's 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 a it's a reward for something yeah. you might you might want like yeah, gum or that, something. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, um, and it was very nice to to join her doing this. I learned we learned my brothers and I and my cousins we all learned a lot about ceramic. <laughs> and also sometimes I think when you're a kid, um, you know you you things are provided for you, yeah. right? Clothing, food, mm -hmm. shelter, things you totally take for granted. And you don't realize what mom and dad are doing all day, right? And then you go and you see, wow, they're, they're working hard to help provide for me and my brothers and sisters. Um, so I think that's that's something, too. And so when you go and you actually join them in that in that work, you can yeah. see. I mean, I remember, you know, my dad, uh, he worked mostly in sun care sales a lot. And uh, there were times when I was, uh, when I was not, a little bit older, when I was like in high school and even a couple times in college, where I went out and joined them. And it was hard work, you know, uh, going in the stores and, and uh, and you know putting all putting all that inventory out, checking, and then and also we had to wake up early to get out there and, and to to get to the stores early before a lot of the customers did. Um, and I remember, you know, me and my brothers did that at different times, and we all came home just exhausted at the end of the day. Making inventory is very hard. Yeah, and then and then <laughs> you know when I was a kid, I was fortunate. My uh, my me and one of my brothers, we played a lot of junior tennis. Mm -hmm. So. My dad was actually our primary tennis coach most of the you know, most of the years growing up, and he didn't have a tennis background. He just learned it on his own when he was an adult. Okay. But when he would come home from work, he would then take us out to the tennis courts, and I don't think we understood for a while. Wow, how tired he must have been to be able to do that, right? So, Very so thank nice, you, Dad. Man. I know you're yeah, probably listening. Yeah, man. Uh, but, Very uh, nice. But yeah, you Very hear, nice story. Yeah, you hear, you know, you get to see your parents at work. That's kind of nice that you were able to do that. So you also mentioned that when when you were growing up, and there was the time of the Civil War here. Uh, it was required by uh, how at, at what age was it required for young men to um, you had to sort of sign up to en yeah, enlist? Yeah, it was obligatory from 18 years old. You just get mm -hmm. your 18 by age, 18 yeah. years. And because, uh, you, when you go, when you went to take your your ID for, for, for after you got your 18 years. It was mandatory and obligatory to take your, 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 I don't know how. how your ID? It, your I, after your ID, with your ID. Yeah. Your credentials that you are in the military. Gotcha. I don't know if I explained Yeah, that. so you had to, you had to show um, your military credentials. Yeah. Uh, anywhere you went? Or just. No, no, no. Just to get, just to get your ID. Your, oh. Uh, just to get your ID. Before you get your ID, you, you had to, you have to. To get your military credential. Gotcha. So, so this was a. It's like an obligatory. It's not really a draft because a draft is 
uh, random in some ways, yeah. right? Uh, this was every male every, over the age of 18 male, yeah, yeah. had to uh, enlist, and you, you yes. didn't necessarily... Uh, did, now, did you have to go to training? No. Did, what, nothing. No. You just, uh, that was kind of more random yeah, probably, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, so Alex, uh, tell me a little bit about, so uh, you, you eventually became a lawyer. What mm-hmm. was the process like? Where did you go to, where did you go to college, law school, all that? How, how, how did that start? I, I didn't get that in love with the, with the career, with the, with the law and everything. Not, not the law, but the, the with the work of a, of a lawyer. So I got the opportunities to, to visit other places and to see th- things. And then in the work, that's what we are getting, after a few years, it, it started the opportunity to go to the Dominican Republic uh, to, to represent Guatemala in a foreign country. And my sister used to live in Dominican Republic, so I used to go to, to, to Dominican Republic from time to time. And then after that, I get that, that, not the same opportunity, but to go to the same country. And I asked my wife, look, we have this opportunity, should we go? And she said, I have to, to go to Dominican Republic and see it before, she had never been there? No. So we went to the Dominican Republic, and she saw it. She got in love with the island. And then we came back. I said yes, and we went to the Dominican Republic, and I was representing it as an ambassador. So let me ask you, so what kind of law uh, did you do with your father? Business law. Business law? Yeah. And then... Um, because of that, it was easy for me to represent it in, the, in another country. What was the process like to become an ambassador? You were, you were Guatemala's ambassador to the Dominican Republic. Uh, how, how do you get a position like that here? Uh, well, it's very, it's very difficult. Well, it's not difficult, but it's different from... A, I think it's different, but I don't know. Sometimes, the, the, in the way that I, that I see it, is that an ambassador is... You represented not only the country, but everything. And in between lines, you, you, you have to read it the, the name uh, business, because business is what moves a country, mm-hmm. money. So, and for me, was it was not difficult to 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 saw it like like, like rep- represented in the uh, this business persons here in Guatemala because I am representing not only political but private because you're representing the whole country. So it was not not difficult because I understand that the the business that that name that sometimes we think we understand, but you have to leave it to understand it better. So in Dominican Republic, we what what our work was the first is to put together businessmen from Guatemala to business people in Dominican Republic, and after that. I think uh, we did a good job. <laughs> so what years were you uh, representing Guatemala? From 2012 to 2016. Okay, that's a good time. So you uh, you, you moved there and you pretty much lived there full time? Yeah. And uh, how often would you come back to Guatemala? From time to time, I think two or three times a year. So you had been to the Dominican Republic before. Um, your sister was living there? 
No, or she, 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 she came back because she was pregnant of, of triplets. Okay. <laughs> and did you have any kids at that point yet? Yeah, one, Bella. Bella, okay, yeah. yeah. So, um, and was your, where, was your son born here, or was he born? She was made in Dominican Republic. <laughs> I'm, I'm born here in Guatemala. <laughs> okay, great, great. Yeah, so, uh, well, <laughs> you've got, um, so you're over there in the Dominican Republic. Obviously, uh, yeah, like you said, a lot of people maybe we think more of being an ambassador or something more political and i'm sure it's like politically appointed and all that kind of thing but um and you're you're definitely helping you know the diplomacy between the countries so that they have more friendly relationships but also uh the way diplomacy really works at the end of the day isn't between the politicians Mm -hmm. it's between the people right Mm -hmm. it's between and the people are business people as well they have economies that they want to grow they have interests they want to grow um, so, uh, what, yeah, what was that like? Um, what were some of the maybe business, I mean, you, without naming any specific names, but if you want to just give some examples of maybe some of the relationships you helped to forge. Okay. Um, actually, actually, um, there are in Dominican Republic's, uh, one sugar mill that the owners are here in Guatemala. So it was easy f- for me to help them over there because I, I, I knew I, I, I used to work here in Guatemala with him, with them so it was easier to help them over there and there's also uh, uh, another another business Guatemalan business people of living actually in Dominican Republic uh, uh, well man I don't remember right now what business was like chocolate it was a very big export from Guatemala to Dominican Republic. Very, uh, actually, like 40 containers per month that these people were sending from Guatemala to the DR. Um, oil, but but oil for cooking. Mm. Uh, What's well, great? Well, um, so I don't remember what what else, man. So uh, <laughs> these cigars are made from tobacco from the Dominican Republic. Now, let me ask you something. You got to the Dominican Republic in 2012, you said? Yeah. Um, were you a cigar smoker before no. you arrived there? No. no? Actually, I, 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 didn't, I didn't like this, the smell of the smoke of a, of a cigar. Man, and the cigarette was, in that time, killing me, the, the smell of a cigarette. I never smoked before, nothing. Yeah, I've never been a cigarette smoker. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, you know, people's choice, whatever they want to do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, uh, but I love cigars. There's just something different about a cigar, but I only got into cigars, uh, r- probably around the same time you did. Maybe there was something in the atmosphere going on, Alex, but it's yeah. probably about 10 years ago or so. And I have been gradually getting more into them. And, uh, but tell me, how did you first, it was, it's very easy get because into that? I, with my friends that I used to ride a bike in, in the DR, they, they already smoked cigars uh, and one time on, on a Saturday they invite me to, to have a beer and they were taking their cigars and start mo- smoking <laughs> and I said man what are you doing you, we are riding bikes you, yeah. we, we just ride seven hours a bike so what are you doing the cigar and they, and they said try it nothing happens go ahead you're gonna <laughs> like it and I started to, to try it and here we are well, you know, <laughs> I think for a lot of people who don't smoke at all or don't smoke cigars, uh, they don't understand that you don't inhale cigars. Yeah. Now, that's not to say 
that when you're in a lounge mm-hmm. or even around someone smoking, that you're not picking up some secondhand smoke. Um, but it's definitely not as toxic as a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, people um, people that smoke cigarettes tend to smoke a lot of them all day long. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you and I smoke a lot of cigars almost daily for mm-hmm. us. <laughs> so that's that's a lot for for most people. But um, but 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 so you 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 tried this cigar, by the way, because I have friends. I say this because I have friends that say, oh, I can't smoke a cigar every time I smoke when I, I almost vomit or this or that. And I say, are you inhaling? Yeah, I, I have those. <laughs> I, I have that that with people, that impression. But I think it's because when in the places where they are, these these guys are were going, yeah. uh, they didn't have the opportunity to or, or the chances to to the guy that works in the cigar lounge to give him the right cigar for a mostly for mm. a beginner. Yeah, that's true too because there's darker cigars, there's yeah. more mild cigars. Yeah, well, stronger, darker, mild. You know, and you need to medium. you need people you you need to express the experience that you wanna yeah. try to 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 give to the guy that also the sizes right. You yeah. want to be want to start someone yeah. with a mild smaller yeah. cigar. Uh, what's the I, l- I like to always when I'm in a cigar lounge that has Olivas. Uh-huh. I love all sorts of Oliva cigars. Uh, represent uh, Florida, by the uh-huh. way. Uh, but the um, but there's a there's a Connecticut wrapper Oliva yeah. that's like a white uh, yeah. label. Yeah. And I forget the exact name of that cigar, but that's a really good one to start people off on. I have uh, I have this well. one that is Oscar Valladares. It's from Honduras. It's, it's it's a Connecticut wrap also. Yeah. It's very very mild cigar. And what about the wrappers on on your cigars here at Caronta? Okay, the, the, this one that I'm having right now is a Corojo. The nice thing about Corojo, you you can find it very mild like this cigar or very hard. It depends on all the fillers and everything and the other leaves that you have. But this one is very mild. And the Corojo wrapper, what I like about this wrap is that that this exactly leaf grows where cocoa beans were growing before they put the to to grow uh, uh, tobacco leaves do you know where what country is that grown in in the dominican republic dominican republic yeah. so the whole cigar is basically dominican yeah. republic the, the, all this all these three cigars are from dr so okay so uh, again uh, you started uh, you were biking out biking with some friends you had some cigars um by the time you left the dr uh, you were you a pretty regular cigar smoker? Yeah, <laughs> but right now I'm smoking. I'm smoking more. <laughs> yeah, now you are. Well, so you got these were actually produced in the DR with yeah. the Caranto name. Uh, tell me the process. How if I want to uh, brand? Maybe I want to have a Fearless Journeys uh, cigar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it will be very cool. Yeah, right. Uh, or whatever it is, whatever brand I want to have mm-hmm. a cigar. What is the process? How would somebody get started? Uh, maybe give an example from the Dominican Republic. Okay, for me it was very hard because I had to go to the to the to the fabric or to the where they are making the cigars every Saturday. This is the factory in the factory, yeah, yeah. the factory to and I have to try it. It's very hard in some way because when I went there, there was the roller with all these c- different cigars. Do you have a lighter? Yeah, yeah. with all these uh, different cigars, and I have to try each. W- each one, yeah. not not to the end, but try it to to have to start choosing, and take take out what we what you don't want and and 
and, and focus on what you want. Uh, and then start changing the leaf. I like the cigar, but it's too strong or it's too mild and everything. It's a very big process because after you found what you want, they start rolling it and then you have to age the cigar for, for a little time. And then after age, then you can sell it. Well, so um, you found a factory that would produce it. Yeah, first it, was, of all. it was near Punta Cana. Okay. And then once you found the factory, uh, you had to you had to kind of did you, was it a one day process? Was no, it multi- for a year. For a year. For a year to choose which cigars. Wow. So you you were how many times did you go on site to the factory? I don't remember a lot. I mean, if I if I didn't live in the DR, and I just wanted to visit the DR and, and you have fi- to spend you, you have to go, because yeah. if not, you have to to I don't know to to what what the roller are telling you. Yeah. You you have to to choose, or you have to let him choose what. What but you really wanted to be involved in every step of the process, yeah. and it was fortunate that you lived there for yeah. so long that Either, you were able yeah. to do it. So, so if you have it, this in mind, I recommend you to go to Nicaragua because it's near. Yeah, so yeah, so <laughs> Nicaragua is much closer to Guatemala. I love a lot of Nicaraguan cigars too. Mm-hmm. Um, some some might claim they're the best right mm-hmm. now, but you know, I think uh, I think the three hot spots on the planet for cigars are probably the Dominican Republic, Cuba, and Nicaragua. Those are probably the three, right? For me, it's uh, Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, and Honduras. And Honduras, you don't yeah. not, not not into Cubans anymore. No, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's it's a different it's a different place there now than it, than it was, uh, of course, um, and that's a whole other story. But anyway, uh, so you decided you wanted to have your own branded cigar. Did you know yet that you were going to open a cigar lounge in Guatemala? Yeah, actually, I, I did my own brand because of that. And you know who pushed me to do my own brand? My wife. She said, you have to do your own brand because you're going to be the first one in Guatemala to, to have that. And you have to make a big impression at, at first. So that's why we did it. And, yeah. and, and yeah, we, we had this in mind to put a cigar lounge here. So when when did you first open the first Caranto? In nine in nineteen in twenty eighteen. So you came back in twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen, and, yeah. and two years later, um, I know you've been doing you've been working in the legal field for yeah. most of your adult life. Uh, at what point? I know uh, sometimes I ask you, and I, I feel like you're uh, you're not retired, <laughs> but you're doing you're doing different things now with law. Uh, what was the evolution of your of your law, um, uh, your 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 legal career, and when you came back from Guatemala, did you did you go back into that? No, no. no I, I start work. I stopped working with the with the firm, and get all my all my attention into this business because it's it's really what I wanted to do with this passion, and um, I think that right now if i if i look back i think it, it was a very nice uh, very nice uh, uh, point that that we foc- focus on 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 the cigars and on the on all this on the whiskies and everything that that we are we are trying to to sell that is an experience so I think it was a good idea to for me, 
and give me that that gives me the pleasure to do what I really found that I wanted to do. So it's interesting. Uh, the the lawyer goes to uh, the Dominican Republic to represent Guatemala, comes back a cigar yeah. aficionado, and decides to open a cigar lounge with his own branded cigar in Guatemala. Now, I mentioned before when I got here. So actually, let me go back. I first came to Guatemala for the first time in 2019, but it was only for four days. It was to visit my friend Kyle, who was living here. Uh, for about nine months, he was learn- he was learning Spanish. We spent one night in Guatemala City and two nights in Antigua, and then I left. I mean, it's such a quick trip. And my friend Kyle's not a cigar um, smoker. Uh, I am, but yeah, even in 2019, I wasn't like crazy about it like I am now. <laughs> but I was. But I, I said, oh, you know, maybe there's a bar. We were in Antigua, and I said, oh, maybe maybe there's a place we could go and uh, I can get a cigar. And I really, it was hard for me to find one. I wasn't. I can't say I looked particularly hard, but. I found a little uh, kind of wine store there right near oh, the yeah. arch and there was they have tabaco, some cigars. Tabacos y vinos. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know I found a cigar it was a you know whatever it was it might have been a Cuban I think probably overpriced. <laughs> and uh, and then we sat up on top of a rooftop um, grabbed some beers and I had a cigar. And uh, but anyway I just remember in my mind from that period oh you know it wasn't exactly easy to find a cigar that was a reasonable price in Guatemala. Um, and so when I got back here in the first two weeks, uh, when I was living here in 2021, um, in the first two weeks, it seemed a little bit tough. And I thought, man, I'm going to Central America, right? Like right next door, Nicaragua and Honduras, they make all these cigars. Where is the cigar culture in Guatemala? Now, luckily, I found it uh, just a few It took me a few weeks. I felt like that was a long time in my mind, a few <laughs> weeks. But now that I've been here, it, 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 it seems a little silly to say that. Uh, but... Uh, there really isn't that many cigar lounges. Now, our friends down in Antigua, uh, Lynn and Uwe, mm-hmm. uh, they are from Canada. Uwe is originally from Germany, but they came uh, to Antigua about 17 years ago, and they started their own uh, cigars. Uh, uh, their cigar, sort of, a, I think they were a retailer, and then they... And then they, they had their own little lounge. And, and mm-hmm. uh, anyway, I enjoy when I'm in Antigua. I always go over there and hang out with them. They're, they're really, uh, really fun and great yeah, and have a lot nice of stories. And, uh, and they know you because I brought your name up with them, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, so in Antigua Cigars, uh, here, Coranto in um, Zone 4, now Zone 10. And there's a couple other places. Uh, nothing else has the feel like Coranto in Guatemala City, Thank though. Uh, but tell me, uh, coming here, uh, what has been your experience i mean your whole life growing up in guatemala city what has been your experience uh is that what's the cigar culture if any here and how how is it going now in 2021 at first we were very nervous because i didn't knew anything about the culture here of cigars yeah so like we were opening this blind because we we i didn't knew that much people that most smoke cigars here in guatemala we, but we did it. We did it because we were like trying to to express our passion. And I think if you have a passion and you express it, you send it to someone else, they catch yeah. something. For uh, sure. And and like I told you, we, we, with my wife, we were very nervous. But at the end, we discovered that we have a lot of culture of cigars. 
smoking it, not 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 rolling it or making it. But there is a lot of people here in Guatemala that smoke cigars. But we discover also that uh, this much people didn't have the opportunity to found another cigars that wasn't from Cuba. And uh, and after we did our work to express our passion and our place and everything, people start coming and start coming. And I think we fr from 2018 to 20 2021, our business grows uh, very much, very much. Thanks to our express, uh, trying to express our passion. I think that word is very hard, but at the same time is the, the exact, exact point that you have to have if you want to get people to know your business. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, you've done a great job here. And, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I've met, a, like I mentioned at the beginning, I've met a lot of people just by coming to Caranto yeah. to, I, I actually kind of uh, joke, joke, yeah, <laughs> joke, but also say to people back in the U.S., uh, wow, you know, uh, I've met, like, I feel like the cigar lounges are like the ultimate place to network. Not mm -hmm. that I necessarily came here to mm -hmm. network. Mm -hmm. I came here because I wanted a cigar mm -hmm. and maybe some good company. Um, and, uh, you know, so, but it seems like every time I'm here, you, you know, this isn't a huge place, but if you have two people or eight people or 10 people, you know, uh, there's always people that want to engage. Uh, and again, like I said, when you're having a cigar, it's going to be at least about an hour conversation, like whenever you get somewhere. So you, and you've, you've got, I guess we, we oftentimes say in the cigar culture, we're kind of bonded by the love of the leaf, you know, in mm -hmm. a sense. Mm -hmm. um, and we, and, and also there's just all these brands. It's almost like the new craft beer. You mm -hmm. know I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like mm -hmm. 10 or 15 years ago, craft yeah. beers were really starting to come around. Yeah. And they're started becoming all these local craft. Oh, do you do you like this one? Do you like that one? Right. And that, it, I feel like a, a, a little bit of similarities amongst cigar people. And I'm always learning about new cigars. Even I mean, it's I'm almost shocked when I when I start learning about new brands because <laughs> I'm like I've been around a while and I, I look at all the shelves and how am I just discovering this this brand? You know, yeah, yeah. And different regions of different parts of you know the U.S. and different parts of the world have different brands that they kind of um, are more known than others. Uh, but, but anyway, yeah, I've met a lot of people here. There's going to be different people that I'm having on the podcast because I met them here or I met them and then met somebody through them. Um, you like know, that, that I met here. Yeah. Diego Harkin. <laughs> I met him here. Um, I don't think I met Jake Denberg here, but Jake is a big cigar, yeah. uh, uh, aficionado as well. Yeah. Both of those guys are chefs and have restaurants and they have little cigar boxes. And the first time, um, I think it was like the third time I was here is when I met Diego for the first time and there was you had a group of guys here and one of he walks in to join them and you and i met him and i started talking to him in, in a few minutes and he was telling me about his restaurant cabell and he said hey look uh i really like i prefer to smoke my cigars at caranto but when you're at cabell if you want a cigar i've got a little cigar box I think that was his way to get me to yeah. Cabell. <laughs> so he's a good, yeah, good market. Sell it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he actually carries some of your cigars yeah. there in his in his box as mm -hmm. well. So so when you're um, away from Caranto, you could still be with Caranto. Yeah, sense, that's right. right. I also took this cigar. I don't. I think it was the 
this green one. What is this? Ocotero. Uh, I think this is the one that I took to uh, Acatenango. Oh, yeah, that was. And then I smoked yeah. it off fuego. Yeah. My, my picture Th that there. That was the cigar. Uh, so. And I think that was, that, that was the same cigar that you took to Tikal. I don't remember. Actually, I took the Antigua cigar to Tikal. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, perfect. I, I felt perfect. like I did uh, each of you uh, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, a, Guatemalan, <laughs> yeah. a Guatemalan uh, iconic space. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah great. So that, that was good. They, they liked that. Um, but anyway... Uh, Regarding the cigar culture here, yeah, uh, yeah so you, you start to see a lot more people um, smoking cigars, maybe coming to lounges. Well, then, of course, 2020 hit, and we had COVID, and you guys had some serious lockdowns here in Guatemala. Uh, tell me one about the lockdowns and, and how severe they were, uh, what the curfews were like and all that, and how did you transition your business during that time? Actually... Thanks of the COVID, our business starts growing because... So he starts with thanks to the COVID. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> because we closed uh, on March 14th. And uh, we, we sat with the people that I work here and said, well, man, what are we going to do? And I start thinking and thinking. And then we made a, a website in one week. Actually, I did it by myself, wow. and uh, I made I, I I get inside YouTube and start showing how 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 you make a, a website, and I learn. This, this is why I, I often I tell people I don't even know why people. Sorry, you know I know one of my students is over here <laughs> helping to video this, <laughs> but sometimes I wonder why people even need to go to college anymore when everything's like on YouTube yeah. or online, <laughs> and it's mostly free for you to to, to get. Yeah except for your time, but yeah, you have to spend right. time in class anyway. So, but you, you taught yourself yes. how to s build a website because yeah, you watched a I, YouTube video. And I make it and, uh, it, it took me about a week to, to, to make it. And we made it, to put it in the web and start putting all the, the, the web, uh, what is the name? The, the, the Curanto club dot com yeah and start putting it on the social media and everything so did you not have a website before no covid you didn't even have a website no oh wow so covid really gave you the uh the the nest the the need sort the of needs. the need the need yeah. to have a website and uh an opportunity to yeah do so. that's right and then after a week we started to to send like 10 or 15 deliveries per day and I think that's the way that Curanto start to get in, into people's mind because every every everybody was in their homes. We we couldn't get out of our houses, and most of the people was desperate to be in there. They were looking about what other things to do when there were home office, and I think uh, the cigar helps you a lot when you are working with a computer and, you, and even if you. If you are allowed to smoke in your house or actually we had a hashtag that is, uh, what is the name? What, what is the hashtag? It's a uh, office bar or bar office. Yeah, yeah. Bar, bar office. office. Yeah, hashtag yeah. bar office. The hashtag bar office. So, so that helped us a lot, the COVID. And that I, for me, I think that that was the way that we get to people's minds to new Curanto. Well, what's funny, I want to make two comments here. 
first is during, you know, before COVID, I was already a cigar smoker. And I'd say 10 years ago, before, before about 10 or 12 years ago, I'd only had maybe like five cigars in my whole life. It was for like special occasions, like after a wedding or like something like that. Uh, and then I don't know, you know, about 10 or 12 years ago, I started smoking cigars. Um, it w- and then I had some monthly gatherings with some friends and it were like once I was like a once a month cigar smoker. Uh-huh. Then, it, then it was like twice a month and then it was like once a week. And I don't know, I was probably becoming a couple week, couple times a week cigar smoker before COVID. And I had a cigar lounge in my neighborhood that I had just been living in for about a year at that time. No, a couple years at that time. And, but when COVID started, uh, you know, I had a nice balcony in my ro- neighborhood in Orlando, and I started spending more time. It was also a beautiful time of year, March, April, okay. in, in Florida, perfect time of year. And I just I started doing some Zoom happy hours. I was like, okay, like, we got to keep people being social, right? Because some people might feel like they're alone or isolated or, like, how dare people keep us apart, right? I, I, was, I was not a big lockdown fan at all. And we didn't have a serious lockdowns. Um, as you did, and of course in Florida we opened up six weeks afterwards. Mm-hmm. For mo- most of Flo- most things opened up, but um, I said let's keep the social stuff. So we started doing some Zoom, and what was great on Zoom is you could. I mean, there were some Zooms I had 15, 20 friends on, and not all of them smoked cigars. So some of them <laughs> smoked cigars, and some of them didn't. But the ones that didn't smoke cigars, they weren't they weren't having to smell our cigar smoke. Right? <laughs> they don't, they didn't care. They'd see us on the screen smoking a cigar. Yeah. But, and then the ones that you know were smoking cigars, it was like hey. Here's the way we can bond and still be together. Because mm-hmm. I think one of the great things about cigars is being with other people. Now, I smoke a lot of cigars on my own nowadays. Like you said, if I'm, um, I get a lot of writing and reading done, like on my back patio, even here in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it kind of stimulates my mind a little yeah. bit more to just be like having a cigar to smoke while I'm doing that. Um, but the other comment I was going to make was you had that hashtag bar office, which I'm now discovering actually pertain to the home office probably Mm -hmm. but uh a a few weeks ago i was feeling a little sluggish after lunch one day and i i wanted to get i had some some work i had to get done and i said you know what i'm just going to go take my laptop to caranto and i sat here (laughs) i sat here from about 2 30 to about 5 and pablo was here as the bartender and i i said pablo hey i'm in my bar office yeah i saw your hashtag bar office and then after five I, or five thirty, whatever it was, I thought I'd head home. But you were here, and we started talking for a couple hours. <laughs> and I said, you know, we should just make this a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, that, that's right. Yeah. And you know, in the in in COVID last year, we we made a a, a Zoom also a Curanto Zoom. We had it every Thursday from five p.m. till twelve a.m. With Diego, I don't know if you remember, if you knew the, the our friend from Costa Rica, Javi. I met him the second time I was in here. Okay. Yes. And we were about 20 or 30 people smoking cigars, everyone, every, everyone that, that was on the Zoom. And we sent them the beer, we sent them the liquor, we sent them the cigars. And every Thursday for four or three months, Wow. we, 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 we had that. Yeah, you know, the... The, I guess the fortunate thing uh, through COVID is that we have access to technology. And even though we're apart, we can kind of be together. Uh, it's not the same, of course, mm. over Zoom, mm-hmm. but at least you can do things. And now it's, be, it's given people a lot more. Uh, people are now used to doing virtual events. So mm-hmm. like I started this community, Fearless Journeys, where people are getting coached by some of my previous podcast guests. 
and also we have a, a book club and all these sorts of things. And so we have a couple things a month online virtually, and we could do things in person. But what's nice when you're starting a community where not everybody's in the same place, mm-hmm. they're not in the same state, they're not in the same country, maybe um, they can they can still have a, a conversation together That's and right. see each other on screen. And so it's nice when you're able to do that with the That's cigars. Right. And actually with the Zoom, with the Zoom on Thursdays, my friends from Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico were joining us also every Thursday. <laughs> oh, that's, very, that's very nice. So um, a, few, a few more questions here, Alex. Uh, so first of all, do you still compete in triathlons or Ironmans or no, anything like that? No, not anymore. Not with these cigars, no, I right? Had, no, I, I, actually, I had an accident on the back in Dominican Republic oh, no. in the, on the bicycle. I cracked my, my collarbone. Oh, no. And, f- and five ribs. So between that, my youngest brother was born. So I have to choose. And after, after. Your youngest son, you mean? My, sorry? Your son was my, born? Yeah. Yeah. And, and between that also, I have to came back to Guatemala. So every, those three events yeah. make me stop doing what I was doing for almo- almost 30 years. And... And I step and I stopped doing it. That doesn't mean that I still working out. I swim every day, well, f- between three thousand uh, meters or five thousand meters each day. Wow, that's great. Do you do that in the morning? In the morning, yeah, early morning, and then I start my day taking my kids to the school and work and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And how many cigars do you smoke a day? I sm- <laughs> that's a very difficult question to ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, I smoked about. Not a day, but a week. I think like 10. Okay. Like 10 cigars at a week per week. Yeah. And, um, you know, so one of the things I wanted to ask you, too, is as, a, as an entrepreneur um, or even just generally uh, in life, uh, it sounds like, you know, you swim. Uh, exercise has been very important to you. Do you have any um, other habits or rituals that you do on a daily basis other than smoke cigars and swim? Or are those kind of the main when, things? When I woke up in the morning, the mm-hmm. first thing, thing that I eat no before water and everything i take a uh, 32 ounces of clarity juice uh, i don't my wife started telling me you have to drink celery juice you have to drink celery juice so i started doing it and helps helps me a lot to to make my first food of the day something natural and that, that's what I do at first every day at almost five o'clock in the morning. Um, other than that, I don't have another ritual. Like, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Obviously, I know you've done a lot of reading uh, for your legal career because lawyers just feel like they're just doing so much reading all the time. Um, but do you have any favorite books or, or things that maybe that helped um, contribute to, to it, your life or your I, thinking? I, I think that a, a book that everyone have to read not for only for us for to give it also to our kids is that book that the name in english is rich dad poor dad uh-huh. um, i think that book i read it for five or seven times and i think it's a it's a, a book that everyone have to have in your library what's the biggest thing that you got out of that book how to manage your money have to manage your time to make money. Oh, that's good. Well, that's good to know. Maybe that'll be a future book in the Fearless Journeys book club. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so what, um, 
first of all, also I wanted to mention uh, when you were um, when you were in the Dominican Republic, my understanding is is that the Dominican government decorated you with the Order of Merit of Duarte Sanchez Imea yeah. for your work benefiting the relations between Guatemala and Dominican Republic. Tell me a little bit more about that decoration. And it's the biggest decoration that the DR gives to to foreign people. And uh, I think that our work between countries to 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 give a plus to the business between countries that uh, that was our first line of work uh, grows not only for Guatemala from to Dominican Republic also uh, so for me that was a very grateful thing from they to give it to me and uh, it was very very nice to have it <laughs> I have it in my in my house uh, I put it in a in the front of when you go inside my house the first thing that you see is that that's very nice well that's you know that's a special distinction to be an ambassador and a special experience and i'm sure uh it was nice to represent your country but yeah. also to to form relations with people in another country and uh you know as somebody who just likes to travel uh, i enjoy meeting people from all over the world and this year in guatemala has been amazing meeting you and so many others here and getting to learn about the local community and culture and just way people live um it's very so hard it's very hard to talk about myself yeah to, to things that i do because sorry if i stopped you because for me sometimes it's very hard to to talk about what things that i do to help someone else because i i do i do it to help not to people to right to to know what i did so so but but so why when you ask me things about the Dominican Republic and everything, at the end, it was helped. It was a, a, a joy to help uh, another business people to make grow their businesses. And, um, and, and that was the satisfaction to, 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 to being an ambassador. Yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> uh, so li life lessons and stuff, what, what, do, you, what do you think... Um, what, what what do you think one of your big biggest successes in life has been so far? For me, mm -hmm. ex the the exact point is to be a father. I love to be a father. I uh, when I can. Uh, most of the time, when I can, I I I like to be with my with my daughter and my son. That's good. Well, that's yeah. a great great answer, and yeah. I'm <laughs> sure that's very rewarding as well. Yeah. Um, and what about um, what has been one of the biggest failures you've had in life? Um, and uh, and what have you learned from it? I don't know if it's sadly or happy, but I don't have failures. <laughs> really, I, my I think if for me, if I had a that I don't remember, but if I had a failure, it's a growth at the same time. So I I, I cannot tell you a, a failure. So anything that may have been like. Uh, disappointing or a setback you don't really look at it necessarily as that you're looking at it more of uh, a learning opportunity yeah that's yeah. right yeah that's right so okay well that's good um that's right well what um i'm gonna have just two final questions here uh first what advice do you have for entrepreneurs and especially for entrepreneurs in guatemala mm -hmm. on how they may uh, get ahead in their in their business ventures if you have something in mind to do it 
you have to go, go to go all in uh, because if you don't go all in if you do it by parts someone else is going to do it all in so forget about the because sometimes you 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 get scared about doing something because you don't you you think you're gonna fail if you're thinking about failing you're not gonna do it well so go all in <laughs> yeah well you know that's one of the reasons i named my community fearless journeys right because everybody has some level of fear at some point uh whether it's in an entrepreneurial venture or anything else and i want to help inspire people listening to role models like yourself oh, thank you very much. uh to uh to push past fear and just keep going keep keep moving forward um so actually uh and it's a very nice name fearless journey yeah yeah well, well thank nice you name. thank you uh well the other thing i want to ask you is uh actually i, I have two questions I, I said i had two and i have two more but uh uh guatemala the guatemala you grew up in here in the in the 70s and 80s and maybe 90s uh obviously we talked about there being a civil war and all that um it seems like it must be a completely different country now, but I'm, I'm just making that assumption uh, based on conversations I've had with lots of people. Um, but tell me what what is different? Um, how, how is Guatemala different today? And uh, um, is it moving in the right direction, obviously, I, I and think, all that? I think it's more secure. It's more secure? In all the ways of like tourism, is a lot more secure uh, you can go easy wherever you want to go in in every place of the country you experience that yeah um, you saw that video i put together on youtube is guatemala yeah. safe because yeah. i had a lot of people asking is it safe to be there is it safe to be there we're sitting in cigar lounge right now in zone yeah. four in guatemala city and there, <laughs> there's no security here i mean it's it's safe to be here yeah, yeah. um but uh but you do see a lot of you know i think one of the things that's alarming for visitors today is that a lot of major businesses whether it be banks or grocery stores or schools or whatever they all have armed security sometimes I think a rifle or shotgun you think that's a yeah, cultural yeah, thing I, I think it's a cultural thing because of what we had past a lot of years ago mm -hmm. we 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 kept we, we kept with that uh, i think it's a cultural thing more we than have, a you have a lot thing. of um you have a lot of a lot of private homes all have high walls and barbed wire and security cameras yeah but yeah but we kept with that yeah. because of what we had. Um, you you cannot use your phones inside the banks today. Today, but I think. Mm. Uh, well, you can't use your phones when you're waiting in line at the uh, TSA in okay. the United States yeah. or anywhere else. Yeah, and then maybe it's just a security thing, yeah. right? Like they don't. Yeah, that's right. But I think it's a, it's more secure. Yeah. You can come and do tourism very easy. We had the, the buses or by plane or wherever. There is a lot of tourist guides. And uh, uh, I think when people come right now to Guatemala, they feel more um, cozy. I, think, yeah. I don't know if that's the word. And all the, all the like technology all comes to Guatemala also so we have Uber and right. and everything so you can go back and forward to to wherever you want so that's i think that in that way tourism changed a lot and make it safer and easier to to everyone 
tourism, technology, yeah. and then just kind of moving past the time of the Civil War and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and I also it seems to me that there's a lot of economic growth in Guatemala. Yeah, a lot. Uh, I have been living in Zone Ten most of this year that I've been here, and as you know, all over Zone Ten is just one example. Uh, there's a lot of new apartment buildings, condo buildings, hotels, like uh, constant construction. I mean, I was well, the first thing when I got here. I actually, my first video that I made was uh, was just showing all the new construction. I was like, well, these are all jobs. Not only are they mm-hmm. they nice new buildings, mm-hmm. but look at all the people working yeah, on right. this construction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think it's really been, it's, it's, it's been fascinating. And in fact, when I put that video up, uh, that video... Uh, I think it was my first or second video had the most views, still has the most views of any video. And I think okay, part of nice. it is because I think people here um, were, I think they were, uh, at least I'm just judging by the comments on my YouTube channel. They were appreciative that here was a foreign guy from the United States showing off a nice part of Guatemala City, a surprisingly nice part of Guatemala City. And then also people back in the United States we're like, is that Guatemala? Because that's not the Guatemala they show us on TV. And and then, peop, this is actually even more surprising. I continue to get comments from Guatemalans who have been living in the United States for 5, 10, 15 years and haven't been back to visit. Okay. And they're commenting going, oh my gosh, is that my, is that my country? It looks beautiful. That's not the Guatemala I left 20 years ago. Um, and I said, come on back. Like, you know, like, why, why wouldn't you move back here? It's a great place. Um, so anyway... Um, I just think uh, I've been really surprised, impressed by that. But like you said, you can find all sorts of local brands, international brands, whether it be food chains or retail or anything. Uh, The malls here are super nice. Yeah. Um, Tell me this. uh, I'm putting you on the spot here. but uh, (laughs) I've been in Oakland Mall. I've been in Miraflores Mall. Maybe I've been in another one. Flantabella. Beautiful places. Miraflores and Oakland Mall are huge. Mm-hmm. And they're actually pretty busy even during the COVID. Yeah. Some, sometimes there's mm-hmm. restrictions. Um, my thought on that is that these are very safe indoor spaces with a lot of security. And people feel comfortable gathering there socially. Almost like kids in the 80s and 90s did in malls in the United States. Because mm-hmm. malls in the United States like that are kind of dying now for the most part. You're, not, you're seeing more like outdoor places, almost a little bit like Fontabella. You can buy everything in Amazon right now in the States. And Amazon, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's not as much Amazon here, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not as accessible. It's not, it's not like it it's comes not to your easy. door. It's not easier than in the States. Yeah, so that, that could kill that in the future, yeah. I suppose. Uh, so <laughs> it's funny. That with every new innovation, there's always there's sometimes it there's creates, another innovation. Yeah, and sometimes <laughs> it creates disruptions in the economy, yeah. right? And so Amazon great that we can get things delivered to our door mm-hmm. but disruptive for the small business owner who's trying to Got sell right. something with a bricks and bricks and mortar uh, but you know you've been an innovative in that you probably prefer people to come here hang out at the lounge buy some drinks gather socially but when they couldn't do that during covid or even now right people still get some deliveries a lot right? actually i have one delivery right now and before we started this and we send it, and he he said to me in 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 WhatsApp, it's faster than that Amazon. <laughs> That's what he wow. said. Yeah. Well, you're closer to, but yeah, yeah no, you're, you're, yeah, no, it's very good. And I remember when I got here, and and your uh, your then bartender Pablo uh, said, "Oh, Francisco, yeah, you know, if there's ever a, a time that you know 
you can't make it to Toronto and you want a delivery, I can deliver stuff. And I said, oh, that's great. Thank you. <laughs> I, I haven't taken them up on yeah. that because I'd rather come here. Yeah. Um, but um, And I usually just take some home with me, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't have to have them delivered. But for people who can't be here, uh, that's kind of nice. Uh, so uh, lastly, uh, one of the last things, what do you want to uh, – any last thoughts on on, uh, on cigars, on your cigars or any other cigars or or what the cigar industry has been like uh, for you here? Um, or what's your favorite cigar? No, my f- actually, my f- it's very difficult to say what is your favorite cigar because there is a big industry and yeah. every time you, you, you try a different cigar, you like it. For time to time, you don't like a cigar. But right now, my favorite, c- my favorite cigar is one from Nicaragua. The name is Liga Privada. Oh yeah. And that That's by Drew Estate, right? That's the Trust, yeah, by yeah, Drew Estate. State's great. Yeah. That's that's my number when, one cigar for me. When Nicaragua when they when these cigar um, factories open up in Nicaragua, I'm going to come back here and we're going to go yeah, to Nicaragua. Yeah, we have to go. Yeah, cuz I I'm really sad that's one of the sad things about right now with the yeah. pandemic is they're not allowing yeah. a lot of visitors, but I love to visit Drew Estate. No, and another thing that I have to 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 say to you is that thank you very much because you are you are exposing Guatemala in outside Guatemala to to your friends and the states and everything in, in a good way, in an open way. Because yeah, it's is to to critic to criticize a country, you have to be in the country to to say something. This is a, a little thing that I lived when I, I I went to an exchange student to Canada a long time ago. I, I was in high school, and the guys in high school asked me if we lived in a trees. And they say, yeah, but we have elevators inside the trees. <laughs> <laughs> elevators? That's hilarious. I've heard that from multiple people in Guatemala, that people ask you if you live in the trees. Yeah. <laughs> I've never thought that. Uh, I don't know what people think, but um, but that's that's really interesting. Um, you know, the, the yeah, the elevators, if, if the trees are condominium buildings, yeah. right, and that are 30 <laughs> floors tall or something, yes, there's elevators in those trees. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's uh, – I well, Guatemala has been um, – the, you know, the one thing I I say, uh, the people of Guatemala are very, the most hospitable people, always welcoming, treat you like family. Um, and this is not just something I've said. I've had a lot of friends come and visit and they love when I take them to Lake Atilan and they love seeing Antigua. And I took one friend uh, to Tikal um, and they all love the beauty. They're just like are blown away by the beauty of Guatemala. And but the one thing they all say to me unprompted is the people are amazing in Guatemala. Oh, nice. And um, and actually, uh, even when my friend Micah was here, who went to, to call with me, uh, he walked out. And Micah's not a cigar smoker. I couldn't uh-huh. get him to smoke a cigar yeah. in Guatemala, so it's probably never going to happen. Um, <laughs> but he, when we went back that night, he said, hey, that guy Alex, says, you sat here and talked to us for like two yeah. hours. He said, what, a, what an awesome guy that was. Like, what a, and I think there's just like a genuineness to, um, to people in Guatemala that are very... Uh, warm and hospitable so uh, hopefully uh, you guys have shown me the love uh, and you're showing a lot of people the love and I'm just trying to show people what my experiences have been here and um, and it's been a, an amazing place and it's not that far so to my friends in the United States uh, depending on where you are it could be super close from Florida it's only a two and a half hour flight Texas is like two two hour flight California just a few hours so um, a lot of places are very accessible to Guatemala City um, and it's actually Compared to a lot of places I've visited in the world, it's 
it's very inexpensive to, to visit as well. And the weather comes right now, very nice, man. Oh, and it's the eternal spring. I didn't yeah. even. I don't think I got that until I lived here. Until like, the the weather, it's the most perfect weather all year long. Yeah. It's in you know in Fahrenheit, it's like in the 60s and 70s most days. Um, you do have about half the year that it's the rainy season, but. You know, and I thought when somebody told me Thank the rainy season. Thank God we have rain. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, but when somebody told me the rainy season, I was thinking, oh, it's going to be like Seattle. It's going to rain all day long for six months. No, it rains like a few hours. Maybe maybe some days it might rain like six hours, but it's mm-hmm. usually in the afternoon or evening, right? Um, so usually the mornings are really nice here and perfect temperature. And I love getting out and walking in the morning. That's one of my habits. Uh, so, uh, and actually... Another reason I've been smoking a lot of cigars this year is I just all I have to do is go walk, sit outside on my back patio, <laughs> and it's like the most perfect weather to sit outside and smoke a cigar. <laughs> so if you can't come to Caranto, you have the eternal spring of Guatemala. Yeah, that's where right. You can smoke cigars. Well, yeah. Alex, it's been a pleasure. And thank you very much to expose uh, uh, Guatemala to the world. Thank you very much. Well, hopefully we'll keep doing it, and uh, and hopefully more people will continue to come to Guatemala. And I'm looking forward to 10, 20, 30 years from now seeing Guatemala uh, being even more successful and more flourishing than it is today and probably more and bigger cigar lounges. <laughs> so thank thanks, Alex, for being on the Agents no, of Innovation podcast. And thank you for your words. Thank you.